I'm not alone today. Woo-hoo. We have a new co-host. Hey, hey. Woo-hoo. Yeah, this is where we have like audience cheers in the background. Yeah, right. Small kids. <laughs> this is Courtney. Hi, guys. How's it going? Can't and hear then you. And there we go. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. This is what our first live show is going to be like. Oh, yeah. We're so, just yeah. recreating it. Creatoring it. Creatoring. The creatoring. Get way. on brand. <laughs> Get on brand. <laughs> Start <Courtney>. now. <laughs> Damn it. It's okay. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. I still say it wrong all the time. I don't know how to spell it. Yeah. The ING in the... We'll figure it out. That's as creative as I get mm-hmm. was the name of this podcast. I like and it. Like, yeah. It'll be our so, tagline. <laughs> which one? <laughs> it's as creative as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> creator. It's as creative as it gets. Who could ask for more? But um, how are you today? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day yeah. outside. It's very sunny before it's getting so hot that I'm sweating. Uh, we both live in North Carolina. I'm just south of Wilmington and you are in, about an hour north of Wilmington, right? Hour and a half? Yeah, an hour and a half in Beaufort. I would say the name of the cities we live in, but no one knows where they are. Yeah. Beaufort? Beaufort. It's not Beaufort. That's in South Carolina. It's, it's Beaufort. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no. And you no didn't say knows. it. I was correcting potentially future listeners. <laughs> no one knows where Southport is. No. Most people don't know where Wilmington is. We live north of Myrtle Beach, yeah. South Carolina. There you go. In north of South Carolina. Whoa. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Take that in. <laughs> I can't process that. We live in the Carolinas, and um, I met Courtney three years ago in Creative South in Columbus, Georgia. Was it more than three years ago? I think it was more than that, but you're great. How long yeah, have you been Yeah, you're the first Creative person South? I met, basically, at Creative South, so it was Beth and special. I? Yeah. Um, I've been going for, I think next year will be my fifth time. So yeah, okay, so pretty we, similar. We've been six years this year. Was, well, Beth didn't come this year. I've been six years as of this year. I don't. Is that a weird way to... <laughs> yeah, I, I give up. Yeah. <laughs> I go to Creative South a lot. It's a special place. And so, yeah, we we met there through uh, through Lenny, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lenny Terenzi. Hey, monkey. Hey, hey. The, uh, the great community builder. Definitely. He is now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was... He always has been good at it, but I don't think he recognized it in himself until recently. Oh, he was so good at it that he was the director of Uniting People at AIG Raleigh. <laughs> Shout out, <laughs> AIGA. <laughs> Which we're also both members of, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Even though we don't live in Raleigh. Yeah, I got to make that commute. That <laughs> two <is> hours. <laughs> yeah. But we just recorded our first episode together of Creatoring Season 3. I guess we can call it that. Why not? Yeah. Give it a it's number. It's our show. We'll do what we want to. Mm-hmm. But we spoke to Drew Riley of Ashco from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Got he into- partners with a couple of designers. He does what all the touchy-feely client relationship goodness. <laughs> yeah. He's good at it, too, yeah, though, he it sounds like. Based on the clients they have on Instagram, he's done a pretty good job of making those connections. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, we hung out with him for about an hour. Probably could have kept going for a couple of days. It's some good conversation. Got into some stuff about um, building out a brand universe, which I loved the way he said that. Because yeah. it made me think of world building, like you're making a fantasy world for people to thrive inside of. And I just wanted to talk about that some more. But yeah, we get into some good stuff about kind of what are some good problems to have and bad problems to have and how do you balance um, your ambitions versus happiness and how we define what happiness is supposed to look like even. Yep. I tried to bring up yoga a couple times. It didn't work. <laughs> it's a good conversation, though, and uh, here it is. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey, Drew. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, Courtney. Hey, Zach. How are you? Great. How's it going? Uh, I'm doing good, thank you. It's a very nice day here in North Carolina. See that you got some like really good natural light coming in. It's casting it's a good little. They're all. I have LED strips outside. Ah. Just like four in each window. So it's nighttime where you yeah. are. Gotcha. <laughs> or a basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is also where I grow my stash. Yeah. Yes. It's a very good uh, environment. Where are you at, Drew? I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's yeah. hot outside. I knew you were in Louisiana. I just I couldn't remember if it was Baton Rouge or New Orleans. Yeah, uh, we have a Baton shop Rouge. here in Baton Rouge. Um, kind of float around, though. Yeah, you work from home most of the time? No, we've actually got a brick-and-mortar uh, studio space in Mid-City over here. Um, for Ashco? For Ashco, yeah. We've had it for... About three and a half years. Okay. Now, yeah. who's who works with you in the studio? Because I know Matt works with you a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, Matt does a lot of the design stuff, but he's in Texas. Yeah. Now. So Matt Dawson is my partner. I have a third partner, uh, Lance Boudreau, who uh, we call him like our adult because he does all of like the spreadsheets and numbers and things that you really don't want me and Matt to do. Um. <laughs> And then we've got a couple other guys that work with us. Um, Justin Barnett is like our lead illustrator. He's in the office with me every day. Um, and uh, we've got a guy named Hunter who does all of our brand strategy stuff. Um, Ooh, the fun! You gave him all the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's he loves that stuff, man. He's he's very analytical, and and he kind of convinced Matt and I to start adding strategy based uh, processes into our design processes. And at first, we we kind of gave him a lot of you know pushback on it. One, because I think we're impatient. We just like I want to talk to somebody for five minutes, and then I want to start designing because I see it in my head. Yeah. Um, but what we've put in place has really, really added a lot of value through that strategy piece. That makes sense. I mean, I've noticed all your design stuff and all the clients you guys get are really cool. It seems like it's a lot of local stuff, but more in the last year, it seems like there's full brand stuff coming mm-hmm. out. Right. Like what right. was that burger place you guys just did? So the burger place is local here. Um, we've actually done two burger restaurants recently. Um, both of Brewster's. them are in Louisiana. We did bum steers. Bum where steers. We did the naming, the strategy, 
um, branding design, the physical, spatial design, so interior, exterior graphics, menus, uniforms, website. So what did they come with? Like, we want to start a burger restaurant and you guys do the rest of it? Yeah, literally that. They're like, we have a rooftop <laughs> spot. What should it be? Wow. <laughs> Which is cool for us because, you know, uh, we really love working in that space, um, you know, in the bar and restaurant uh, industry because of all of those different footprints that require design okay. um you know we we really love to build out these extensive expansive rather uh brand like universes um which gives us a lot of really cool pieces to implement in different spaces i think for us it's just about learning um and being more strategic about where we put things and and just being tasteful with it because when you have a brand universe that's got you know, a main logo and an icon and then an illustration and a badge and a couple other like secondary tertiary word marks. You could just like, you could throw that stuff everywhere on the restaurant, but then it's like, man, it's, it's overkill. So with this one, it was good because we practiced a lot of restraint and where we put things. We were very calculated about uh, where graphics should be. We've got some fun neons that were outside of the brand package that we've worked on to, um, uh, and that's the kind of stuff that we really love to do. Um, I'd only say that though, maybe 25% of our clients are local. We, we do work yeah. with a lot of folks outside of the state. Um, some of the stuff too, like you don't see on our Instagram, like the the law firms that we rebrand and build <laughs> these big websites for. Although like the work's really killer, you know? Um, sure. It's, uh, it's just, you know, the Scotty Russell, like show what you want, show the work you right. want to do. I you call know? them uh, the cell phone jobs. Yeah, you exactly. Know, you got to pay those bills, but they may not be quite as fun to get up there. Yeah, yeah. So you come in, it's a lot of big words, a lot of big lofty ideas <laughs> that you guys have like fought to get to. Yeah. But dude, like, where'd you come from? Because I, I met you through Matt, but I don't uh -huh. think I knew a lot of war a lot of your work or where you're coming from before that. Yeah. Um, I've known Matt for a really long time. Um we, we both were in bands, like, back in college. We'd play at the same bars and stuff like that. Um, and he and I would both, like, design our band's, you know, show posters. And we'd try to, like, out-design each other's show posters. <laughs> and if Matt's poster was better looking than mine, which it was 99% of the time, I would, like, take his down and put mine up <laughs> where he had put his. Uh, but I did the music thing for a long time. Um, I, I was on Universal Records for a while. Nice. Doing like 285 shows a year, traveling all over the place. Um, and by like my late 20s, I was really, really burnt out on the music industry. But sure. I learned a lot about, you know, self-branding and marketing and advertising yourself and things like that. Um, while I was doing that, you know, I would design all of our T-shirts. And then through that, I would be designing shirts for bands we'd be on the road with and start doing work for the record label. Um, so when I... <sighs> When I started to slow started to slow down in, in the music scene, um, it was just kind of like a natural evolution to keep focusing on creating, um, you know, with design, focusing on like branding and stuff like that. And um, it kind of put me in a unique position where I, I've been able to transpose a lot of the stuff that I learned through the music industry into mm -hmm. this creative industry. And I think that it gives me a little bit of a unique perspective, but I think it's really um, been helpful in, in growing, you know, growing myself, growing, growing our brand and, and being able to do better work for clients. 
right um, I, um, through a lot of the stuff i always think it's interesting meeting people who start from a place of necessity like outside of design like you know a lot mm-hmm. of people are like you know I've been drawing since I was six and yeah. then it turned into this. It's just what I've always wanted to do. And right. that's cool. That's sweet. But you don't know how to fucking find clients now. Yeah. Right. And then you look at the people who started making their own stuff like you did just because you probably didn't have money to pay somebody to do it. So yeah, exactly. You download, you stole a copy of Photoshop, learned how to put <laughs> layers together and then print your t-shirt. Yeah. Or like um, Dustin Lee with Retro Supply Co. He kind of dabbled in design, went to school for it, but then he was working at a bank. Yeah. And then he's got kids and he's got to pay for it. Right. So he yeah. takes that business acumen, turns it around mm-hmm. and builds a design from there. Yeah. And you guys are just like fighting off clients. So <laughs> like, yeah, we're, we're definitely lucky in how we've grown for sure. I mean, it, it definitely has, I think I've always uh, been a bit of a masochist in that. Like I love the struggle, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I had a, a full paid scholarship academic and everything to go to LSU. And like, I, uh, I turned it down to, to basically live in a van with six other dudes <laughs> for nine years. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but I knew that school was always going to be there. And I went back and I got a degree in digital art because I didn't have the patience to uh, fulfill all the requirements that you need to get into graphic design school. Okay. Um, just not very good at like coloring the lines and keeping <laughs> shit straight, you know? Um, it's definitely like a character defect. Like I don't have much patience, but uh, I, I I can figure out ways to spin that and use that. But um, it's always been a bit of like sink or swim for us. You know, when I graduated college, I worked at a couple of other agencies around town and I learned a lot. I had a lot of really great experiences and I met some really great people. Um, I think I've just always been in that I don't know if it's like a punk rock mindset or whatever. I just like to work. I don't like to work for somebody else and, be told what to do sure uh, so when i started out on my own i had i had three partners i had lance and i had a third partner uh this guy dustin and my job was basically lead creative like head design mm-hmm. whatever position you would call that shit you know um and and lance was the adult and dustin was like the the networker he went and would find the brands and connect them and we'd do stuff but dustin fell ill uh, maybe like three months in and had to leave for treatment. He's, he's mm. doing much better now, but he, he never came back to work for us or with us rather. So pretty shortly after starting our own studio, like literally three months in, it was like either we quit and go work for someone else or we just do as much work as we possibly can for whoever needs it at whatever price point, you know, um, any kind of work. I don't care if it's like, logo design or web design or poster design or t-shirt design or if they want me to like you know draw a picture of their cat i'll, I'll do that shit you know what i mean right um and luckily you know through the band thing i had a pretty big network here locally for myself that uh i utilized somewhat um i didn't want it to be like oh that dude from that band has that design thing now you know what i mean um so i tried to to as much as I could, like, set, make, like, create separation, you know? Um, but the, the, the fortunate side of, of that was all the hard work, you know, sleepless nights, just, you know, it is that hustle at first, but, um, we learned a lot. We grew a lot. We started getting more jobs in. I wasn't able to keep up. I was the one like 
you know, making the sales, talking to the clients, um, you know, getting the phone calls at 6 p.m. on a Friday with some crazy request, you know, because they forgot some shit or whatever. Um, so that's when um, we started working with Matt. And um, when was this? This was probably 2000, late 2016. Okay. Um, we would, if, so if almost the, we three had, years now. yeah, mm-hmm. we've been working together for a while. Um, if the, if the budget allowed for, to bring Matt in, I, I would do it. You know, yeah. Cause it was like, look, I, I need the, I need the support. You know, I can't do this by myself. Um, and it was definitely humbling, you know, but I think that when you, when you fail as often as I have, you get, either really good or really bad at failing. And I got really good at failing and I'm totally cool with like admitting my failures and figuring out how to grow from them and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, the work just kind of kept coming in, which is a blessing. Started working with Matt. We worked really well together. Um, and when Matt went freelance, he, you know, we went to, I think it was Adobe max in October of 2017. Uh, and we were talking about it and he was doing, he was freelance and he'd do a couple projects with us from time to time. Uh, and he was like, man, I spend like the first half of my day answering emails and text messages and yeah. phone calls and making invoices and all this shit. And I was like, man, I like have the whole infrastructure to do that. Mm. Like, let me do that for yeah. you. So you can just like be pushing pixels. Cause like, I'm, I'm, I'm a good designer. Um, but Matt's an incredible designer and you know, I want to be like one of those people that isn't afraid to admit that, but also like supports that, you mm-hmm. know, um, there was, there was a class I took or a, you know, whatever they call it at max that year. I think it was like the creative director of Workfront said something that's always <laughs> stuck with me. He said, uh, a people hire a people and B people hire C people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and like to, to work with people that you're afraid of basically. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty fucking terrified of Matt Dawson's design <laughs> skills. Like that dude is a baller. Especially you know? now that he cut his hair, got contacts. Oh, and now he's like twice as handsome as he ever was. Yeah. It's just like, he's a, he's a force to be reckoned with. So yeah. that was when we decided like Fuck merge and, uh, we, we started the Ash collective basically <laughs> from there. Yeah. Nice man. Yeah. I, I see like, I don't know how much you guys influence Louisiana design culture <laughs> or how much you were influenced for it, but I, so much of your work just fits in down there so mm-hmm. well. Like I can, granted, I know you guys, I know where you're working from and, you know, I've met some of your clients and it just, it resonates down there. It, it feels when you look at it, you know, this is from a place filled with above ground gravestones and <laughs> punk rock and yeah that kind of stuff it just makes sense yeah it's interesting uh you know i can bring it back to the music thing um you know there's not a big music scene here there's i mean there's a good music scene but there's not a big like music economy you know I mean, there used not to a, be right or am i, I mean, just pulling stuff out of my butt and they're, they're, they're always ha- like New Orleans has always been mm-hmm. considered a music town, you know, but that's with blues and jazz and stuff like that. If yeah. you're, you know, in a rock and roll band, um, like there's not a record label in Baton mm-hmm. Rouge, Louisiana or in, in New Orleans, you know what I mean? Um, and so you have to like work harder, 
you have to like travel, you have to put yourself in all of these positions along the way, like to get to, to get to California from here, you know, not only do you have like basically two, like 500 mile strips of just dead space on I-10, <laughs> but like you have like five cities before you get there. So you gotta, you gotta like play these little tiny shows to hope to make gas money mm. to get to the next place. And you know, when no one knows who the fuck you are, they don't care about right. what you sound like. And if you're good, cool. That doesn't even mean that they're going to buy your shirt or your CD from the merch booth. And, and, you know, they just sell more beers that night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To us too. Like we're, we're, right. we're selling every t-shirt <laughs> yeah. means like we can get a couple beers. Right. So we weren't very good with money, <laughs> but, uh, it is, it is kind of like, um, it, it builds this strength in, in our community as creatives where, um, we just kind of have to try harder to be noticed and and there's different ways that you can do that and some i think are a little um worthier than others i'll, I'll put it that way yeah. um but through that does build this kind of culture and design mm -hmm. that uh is a little different than other places for sure you know there's um we like to party down here which i know zach knows <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some parts of crap i don't remember that. man nice. we used to play with bands whose managers would like f forbid them from playing with us ever again because they would like miss three days of shows the next day <laughs> um and that's really it we like to party we like to have a good time you know we like to let loose and uh it's just a little different atmosphere part of that comes with else. working hard and like that's driving if you're going yeah. to work hard you might as well play hard too. yeah i mean definitely there's always the you know going to new orleans like the city that you literally fought the ocean to build mm -hmm. and then after multiple hurricanes and tornadoes you guys just don't stop Dude, fighting and scratching and rebuilding and partying yeah <laughs> we need to get it's, courtney down to crop i know be fun. The cruise. <laughs> well the next party. year is going to be the crop cruise i yeah. heard <laughs> i know I, I gotta start saving up for hawaiian shirts <laughs> i'm gonna have a, like a hawaiian shirt jar somewhere with Maybe just I've... a bunch of burgers on it yeah. just make it <laughs> why not you guys can do it anyway yeah exactly um uh, how much so i'm not going to say a lot of your clients look the same but a lot of your clients come from the same vein mm -hmm. like they want the cool shit mm -hmm. they want the edgy they want the little bit of horror show kind mm -hmm. of stuff into it and how much are you got? And again, I know this is the Instagram cultivated. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. What we're getting, but like, are they coming to you for that stuff, or are, are you saying we can give it to you and then they, you know what I'm saying? Like, which one's yeah. happening? I think it's a bit of both. Um, you know, as as designers, you don't want to say that like you just do one thing really good, but I think it's inevitable that. Um, you that, become known for it. You, know, you become known for a certain style. And I think that we're kind of fortunate that we have a couple of different styles. You know, um, Justin, who's our, our lead illustrator, he's got this really, really wacky style. Uh, you know, it's a little loose around the edges. It's less like, like super slick vector style. Um, but it's just like, it's crazy. There's, you know, freaking, you know, 
skeletons riding on Harleys jumping through the air on fire and stuff like that. Um, and then Matt's got a very unique style himself that I think is very eclectic. You know, Matt's uh, again, I, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to suck on Matt's D this whole time probably, but uh, it's, he's very good at going like with the clean corporate route, doing something like with the minimalist monoline style and then turning around and doing something like super gruesome and textured, but keeping the composition and the typography, creating hierarchy in these elements and being able to build, you know, a multifaceted expansive brand universe with all this stuff. Um, so those two guys working in tandem is, is pretty, pretty strong. Um, and so we do have some clients that will see work, um, you know, we, we work, our oldest, longest client is uh, Hate Brand Goods. It's a buddy of mine back from college. He's like a three-time world champion in the Highland Games. His name is Matt Vincent. So he's like this giant dude uh, covered in tattoos, and he used to wear a skirt and throw telephone poles. All right. right? Um, yeah. <laughs> and he started basically like a lifestyle brand around, you know, strength and conditioning and just being a psychopath. Um, so with that brand, we've always been able to do whatever we want. You know, we can, we can try things. Um, and, and we've, you know, we've tried some things that have failed last summer. We did this whole, you know, uh, primary color, wet, hot American summer kind of throwback style thing that we thought was like super cool. Um, and yeah. it did not resonate with his demographic at all. <laughs> um, but, but he went with it. He tried it. Yeah. He fucking dude. He, he yeah. paid for it all to be produced. We took killer you know, lifestyle photos and videos and put it out. I mean, it's sold, you know, he, he recouped, um, but it didn't, it didn't ever do as good as like some of like the, you know, more gruesome black t-shirt stuff to us, yeah. um, which is fine. You know, it's sometimes you have to stay in your lane and which creates a, a unique design challenge in and of itself, which is like, how do I be more creative staying in my lane? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so We've had a couple of other companies that have approached us like, hey, I follow these guys on Instagram. Um, I'd love to do something like that. Um, and then we've had some people that, you know, they're like, hey, we heard you do good work. We've never seen it, but let's go ahead and start a contract. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it is a bit of both, which I think is good for us in that, you know, we don't have, uh, we don't have salesmen, you know, mm -hmm. so we're lucky that. I'm lucky that I don't have to be like running around going door to door, you know? Yeah. But, um, I think it's been interesting for us to build, uh, the style I think helps develop our own brand. You know, like I think the Ash collective has this vibe of kind of being a little rough around the edges. Um, it is kind of rock and roll. It is, you know, very inspired by music. Um, but when we need to, you know, we can we can do the corporate thing, um, and we can do it well. Yeah, versatility. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, go for it, Zach. Oh no, I was just gonna. I was agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> it feels more authentic to me too to make friends with your clients first and build that trust, and then they mm -hmm. come to you for a project versus having to cold call everybody. Right. Is that right. you're saying that's mainly your experience or would absolutely. you change anything? Absolutely. And every one of our, our, you know, whether it's a pitch deck or just like uh here's like round one, you know, in PDF version that we looked at today after the meeting, um, at the end of all of those, Matt has a, a you know, closing page that basically just says, thank you. Thank you for trusting mm -hmm. us. Um, 
trust is imperative. It's the integral factor to having a good relationship with clients. Um, there's a few other things that I think that, that for me in the position that I'm in now are important to, to kind of keep in the back of your head. Um, you know, but it all stems from trust, mm -hmm. uh, and, and creating processes that allow to, to foster and grow that trust. Um, you know, there's been times in the past where we would do the, you know, the kickoff meeting, we'd part ways for like six weeks and then schedule a big reveal and hope for this big aha moment. <laughs> and we haven't spent any time over six weeks, like talking to them or anything. We've just been like, you know, pushing pixels and like this mock-up is going to fucking kill, dude, wait till they see this shit. And then, you know, you do this big reveal and they're, it's crickets. Um, so you again it's you got to learn from that failure you have to evolve your own processes to build that while still maintaining your own values mm -hmm. you know yeah because what are a couple of other failures that you've been through i feel like that's the toughest part that you've learned yeah, yeah. i mean there's been so many i mean it, there's there's small failures and there's big failures you know small failures like you know not saving your shit properly and not being able mm -hmm. to find it when you need to find it or not setting up a file correctly and sending it off and then leaving on to go on vacation and it not printing right and you come home and something that's blue is purple or something like that you know um there's been a handful of times where we've parted ways with clients um and so like learning how to how to just be better at our piece owning your piece you know mm -hmm. what i mean is is important um and just figuring out how to do better next time. You know, a lot of these larger projects that we work on, especially with physical spaces where we spend so much time uh, crafting all of these graphics and things like that with this specific uh, implementation in the back of our minds. And then you hand the files off to somebody and the next day you see like, you know, you just see it used really improperly. Mm -hmm. um, and and a lot of things too, like with timing, I think that's one of the one of the spaces that we have a lot of room ourselves to grow is as a small team with multiple projects working in tandem um, and, and me <laughs> being like the project manager and the account manager, um, we don't really do the whole like super project management uh, software thing and okay. have these very strict schedules and deadlines. Like I have them in my head and I know, okay, well, we started this. I told this dude and we did this piece of the project or the process. So in a couple, you know, two to three weeks, I need to show them this next step or whatever. Um, we kind of, you know, prefer a little bit more agility in that workflow though. I'm sure some clients don't <laughs> like that. Um, but it goes along with who you are. You're scrappy. You know, that's right. how you work and it's how the work right. looks. <laughs> and it is. I mean, it is. You know, this morning I got a, a notification in a Slack channel that we share with the client. And he's like, hey, what's up with this thing? And I remembered like last Tuesday I told him I'd have it for Monday. And, mm -hmm. you know, so I hit Matt up like, hey, I totally fucking forgot about this shit. And he's like, dude, I'm on it right now. I'll have it in 30 minutes. Like that's nice. that's why we are successful because mm -hmm. we can pivot and we can be you know i like that word scrappy um because when you, when you go through like fighting your way out of a corner for so long you get really good at staying out of the corner mm -hmm. um, but you also get really good at being able to fight out of the corner again when you're in there because it's not an if but when you know mm. shit goes south 
what matters most is how well you walk through the fire. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little Bukowski. Yeah. <laughs> I did He's... not write that. <laughs> <laughs> you can totally own it, though. Yeah. I'll just yeah, fuck I'll that. He's, he's yeah. fucking dead. I wrote that yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> put a, I'll put some modest mouse in the background. Yeah. Just, yeah, work that out. Nice. But I mean, even. Even then, you can read that all you want to, but until you've been burned a couple times, just to keep it cheesy, maybe this somebody else wrote this and I'm just remembering it. But sure. You, you've got to be burned a couple times before you know how to actually deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think there that that's at the core everything in life. You know, you have to let your kids make their own mistakes. You can't make mm-hmm. their mistakes for them. You know, um, you got to do a couple of rounds of DDP yoga before you can get up and... Uh, yeah. Actually walk around. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you have to keep doing it or else you're going to be sore as fuck for yeah. the next 10 days. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> is there Which any... one are you? Oh, huh? Go ahead. No, yours, yours is way more. You have an actual question. I have an I actual question. Him, I was going to ask him which round of DDP yoga he uh, was on. I feel round like well, one. one of the biggest parts of um, establishing a relationship with a client is all of the upfront setting their expectations and standards yeah. for how things are going to go. And do you do any of that seed planting in the beginning where you kind of talk about failure that makes it easier to recover later on and be resilient or how does that work? Yeah, I absolutely do. Um, and that's a really brilliant way that you put it. I, I'll probably talk for about See? five minutes here talking about, but it's as concise as that. It is planting that seed. Um, Having a smart partner that's better at you or something. <laughs> exactly. Higher, higher to your weaknesses. Yeah. That's a um, good way to put it. Yeah. It, it is. I think it's the most important part of, of my, you know, step in this process um, at the very beginning, which is always be transparent. Um, you know, talk about failures and how you've evolved from those failures um, and, and really managing expectations is so mm-hmm. key. Um, there, there's a lot, though, to that where it's got to be reciprocated. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, they have to be able to manage your expectations, too. Um, and you have to kind of set at the same time that you're being vulnerable and you're being transparent and you're growing that trust. And, you know, the best relationships always are built on trust, right? Um, at the same time that you're doing that, you kind of still have to like stand your ground and let them know that like you're not fucking around. Um, the way I see it is that in the exchange of goods, just because a client is giving me money, what I'm ge- that doesn't mean that what I'm giving them is of less value, right? Mm-hmm. I can go get money from another client. They can't go get the Ash Collective design from anybody else. They can go get great design from someone else for sure. Um, but it has to be reciprocated. And it's, it does teeter on that line of like confidence and arrogance, of course. And you have to be really, really smart um, about how you do that. Uh, and, but you have to be confident in your work. You have to be confident in yourself and confident that, you know, I, I tell my team always like no single contract is ever going to make or break this company, no matter how big. If we lost our biggest account right now, we're going to be fine. It's going to suck for a couple of months, but we'll always bounce back. Um, and so because of that, you know, you can't let a client walk all over you. Um, you have to stand your ground 
you have to be confident enough. You know, there are always, I, I, I liked that, uh, you know, the Paula share Netflix shit where she's talking about like the, the median, the line and at the very beginning, like everybody's super pumped. I'm really, really fucking good at getting people excited about creative, right? I can spit shit off the top of my head and be like, Oh, we could end up do maybe doing something like this and something like that. And I can get people pumped, mm -hmm. you know, and then they see the price and then they sign the contract. And then a couple of weeks goes by without really seeing anything or, or whatever. And like all of a sudden that, you know, excitement has dipped and potentially like lower than like the bar that you wanted at. But mm -hmm. really my job is just to keep it at as close to that as possible, knowing that it's going to go above and knowing that it's going to go below. Um, keeping that as close to is, is my goal. Um, and at the same time, keeping my team in mind where, you know, like the thing I was telling you guys about this morning where I forgot about sending something to a client yesterday, but Matt was able to pivot and, and, and get that knocked out. Mm -hmm. I also don't want to put my team in a bad spot where like I've done exactly that. And we've got something else happening at the same time. That's going to make it very difficult, but it's just kind of like the truth of what we do, you know, um, there's, there's last minute changes. There's a billion rounds of revision requests. No client ever gives you all the content for a website up front ever. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Um, if ever, like, I don't know that I've ever gotten every single bit of content that, I've, that I needed for a single website, you know, but it's just like, again, it's not if, but when, and mm -hmm. just get better at, at dealing with it when it happens. And it's not going to be perfect and you can kind of budge a little bit. There's a margin there. Absolutely. For almost... I don't want to say forgiveness, but mercy and grace yeah. with your client. Understanding. Sometimes yes. I can be a stickler because I'm the opposite of scrappy. I want to plan everything. <laughs> so we're kind of opposites in that. Right. But yeah, that's something I'm learning about too is like it doesn't need to be perfect and you don't have to have all the content like be, mm -hmm. yeah, understanding like Zach said. Yeah. Before I don't think that, forward. I don't think there is such thing as perfect, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but grace is huge. Like, going through the entire process with grace, being able to say that at the end of it, no matter whether it was like the best, you know, uh, the best relationship or it was like the worst relationship that you've ever had with a client that at the end of the day, like you can keep your head high and say like, you know, I stood up for myself. Um, I, I did everything that I could to try and rectify or I did everything that I could to, to create the successful outcome. Um, then I think that's what's what's most important, you know, for me, it is, you know, that grace is only built through trust and being vulnerable and being transparent and all these, you know, mm -hmm. fucking cliche words. I've also yeah. learned, too, that like every cliche is is actually true. Yeah. And I hate that. Mm -hmm. But it is. I mean, you know, come up with them out of nowhere. Yeah. Right. Mother, They're truths. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. The human I hate condition. It. It's another buzzword. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you can't let them walk all over you and control and dictate everything, especially if you've at the rate that you guys are at. I feel like there's different tiers to designers. There's also different tiers to clients. People complain about folks that are going on Fiverr mm -hmm. or jobs like that. Those guys were never going to hire you anyway. Yeah. Because they just yeah. want to spend 20 bucks and get a voiceover. Exactly. And if they come to you and you hold on to the 
like we were talking about, like you were talking about earlier, if you hold on to that fire you were going through and like the shitty time they gave you, then that's going to affect the next client. Yeah. Like I never understood people. Well, I do get it because again, human condition and it sucks to want to complain about your clients so that other people that have had shitty client uh, experiences can relate to that and then tell you, no, you're doing great. Right. Sometimes people just suck. Right. But there's sites like not always right and different, you know, yeah. subreddits and Twitter feeds and whatever. It's just all about complaining about clients. I mean, you're just holding on to it and it's going to affect your creativity. It's going to affect your next job. It's going to mm. on and on and on. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Letting it go it, just so you can move on is important too. I do still enjoy like the design humor Instagram accounts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. But, no, I mean, make a joke about it. Yeah. Like Kanye Hush or Bama Hush. Yeah, like, exactly. Make jokes, but um, holding on to that shit just affects you. Yeah. One one thing that I, um, I, I, I preach, but I also practice a lot. And it took me, it took me 33 years to get to the points where I could be introspective enough um, to, to, to include this practice in my daily routine. But um when Matt and I first started, you know, one of my promises to him was like, I will, I'll always be transparent. I'm never going to lie. Um, you know, I'll be impeccable with my word because I read the four agreements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I recognize Ooh. those. They're great, though. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Somebody, <laughs> Don Miguel. I'll um, put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> it is, uh, it's this idea that I, I always keep my side of the street clean. And whether or not that's like, hey, I fucked up or, hey, uh, something that you did upset me, right? Um, I have to get that out. If it, I kind of envision it as like, uh, um, I mean, I grew up reading comic books, so like this is totally normal for me. But I envision it as like this like black purple smoke that like starts to manifest itself yeah. inside of me. And being good at uncomfortable conversations, that is one of my biggest like strengths that I have acquired over the last couple of years. It is uncomfortable to talk about money. It's uncomfortable to call somebody and say, hey, we're late. It's uncomfortable to call someone and say, what you're asking me is not the right solution to your design needs. Um, it's uncomfortable to tell your partner, hey, something that you said fucking pissed me off. Um, but it's even harder to be introspective enough to, to ask yourself, why did that piss me off? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is it because I, I'm afraid that I actually did screw something up or am I afraid of failing? Am I afraid that, you know, this is going to happen or that that's going to happen. But um, keeping my side of the street clean and getting all of that super cool looking black purple smoke out, uh, like it looks cooler when you're like you're it's like shooting out of your hands. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. So you don't turn uh, into spawn Nobody can see how cool that shit looks if it's all yeah. in the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's important. And again, I'm not perfect at it. I I often hold things in just like everybody else does. That's the human condition too, right? Like I'm upset. I'm not going to say anything about it to anybody for the next seven days, but I'm not going to realize until the next seven days are done that for those seven days, I was kind of an asshole to everybody Mm -hmm. around me and I was super (laughs) on edge. And, you know, anytime somebody cut me off and while I was driving, I just wanted to set their car on fire. (laughs) Um, things like that, you know, like it, you're never going to be perfect at it, but catching it off one of my kids' teachers the other day. So they probably deserved it though. Yeah. Just to to get that out of their way. (laughs) Get that that purple smoke out your Yeah. 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 Anyway, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, I mean, that's that's really it, man, is, is keeping your side of the street clean. Uh, I think that when you work with a client or a partner or in any relationship, you know, with your children or with your significant other, um, if someone appreciates that, that's who you want to work with, right? Mm-hmm. If someone takes some of that stuff and tries to turn it on you and and just kind of beat you down with it, um, it's just it's as easy as walking away, you know. Um, I read this book, uh, The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama. And he okay. said, really, happiness is only like if you if you know that something makes you unhappy, don't do it. I'm like, man, <laughs> fuck you, dude. Like, that's so easy. <laughs> like, if there's potential that something might make you unhappy, don't do it. Hmm. You know what I mean? So if I'm vulnerable and I'm upfront and I keep my side of the street clean with a client and they don't accept that and they, they want to like still be negative towards, towards me or towards the work or whatever, then mm-hmm. I just walk away. Like I don't have to, to stay in that scenario. You don't have to stay in, a, in an abusive relationship with anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that... While I'm, while I'm really, I guess, eloquent at talking about like the, the negative, the negative sides of working with, with tough clients, mm-hmm. I have to make sure to like touch on when it goes right. Because when you do all those <laughs> things and you have that client that's like, yeah, dude, I trust you, whatever you say, like, let's roll with it. Um, that's like, that's where design magic happens. That's where the shit that you see on our Instagram happens where it's like, <laughs> man, this stuff, like it just slams, you know, it's, it's sure. almost effortless at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, like good design should just be understood. If you're working with a professional designer, then it should be understood the design's going to be good. It's everything right. else that comes with it that that you're paying for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Trying to find a quote. <laughs> um, I think it's a. I wanted to just narrow down a couple of things. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the art of happiness quote, I like that a lot. Yeah. And it, as a father with two kids, if I did only the things that would just make me happy, like Americans think of happiness, yeah. my right. kids would never be in timeout, and yeah. we would always eat McDonald's because getting the McDonald's is the easy. Absolutely. And then I can get to video games faster, and we're yeah. all happy. Exactly. But I, I just wanted to. I know that you're not talking about again the american middle class idea of happiness Mm -hmm. like where nothing is going wrong and you're full of i would almost call that i don't know what you would call that like happiness is the easy word but not like do 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 skipping through a field always happy more like uh a contentedness Mm -hmm. like realizing what you have is enough and being comfortable where you are right and accepting that what you have yeah, you worked for it, but also you were born in this time in this universe that doesn't care about you and mm-hmm. you have what you have. And that's amazing because a lot of other people don't have that stuff. They haven't right. had it through history. I think contentedness is what the happiness he was talking about. Yeah. Definitely. McDonald's and video games. Right. Right. Which I love both. Um, uh, yeah. It is. Man, those chicken tendies. Oh, Jeez. I'm going to fuck some of those up here in a minute. Um, <laughs> It, it is 100% about? like it's, it's emotional happiness, right? It's, it's fulfillment. Um, and it's the, not that like I heard somebody say like they weren't depressed anymore because they felt happy now. Yeah. And that's not 
No. That's not a thing. I'm right. glad you feel happy, but you're misattributing these two concepts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think gratitude is a huge piece to um and like admittedly, like it took me a long time of being a very very self-centered, uh pretty arrogant um you know, my way is the right way to do things type of person. And it really like uh, a lot of times in order to, to get out of that, you've got to hit like a rock bottom. Um, And I did hit one of those rock bottoms. And I think when you get to that point, that crisis moment, right. um, That's another one of those like sink or swim things, but it's like a huge failure. Like that was like the biggest failure of my life. Um, And so when given like the the two like you really only have two options there right it's like just give in and sink down or like just fight the fuck out of this shit (laughs) um and that's like that's that was a that was good for me like i i look at that moment in my life like with a lot of gratitude because everything that's happened since then has been like immensely positive and anytime that there is anything negative, I try and uh, I, I'm sure that everyone around me is tired of hearing me say that, like, that's a good problem to have, you know, <laughs> but I'm all about sure. good problems. You know, like when when after crop, your feet are killing you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a pretty fucking rad problem to have. Like, my mm-hmm. feet are killing me because I got to be, you know, on the committee and in, and in this inner circle of this experience, it's one of the coolest things that I've ever been a part of in my entire life, seeing like this community grow and it's in Baton Rouge, Louisiana of all places. Like that's rad. Great problem mm-hmm. to have. You know what I mean? Like when kids are being shitty kids, that's a pretty solid problem to have. Cause you got kids, man. You know what I mean? And like, they're healthy enough. Yeah. Yeah. And they're healthy enough to be at little assholes, <laughs> you know? So, I, I, it is 100% like trying to, to flip anything like that on it uh, around on itself. And then if that's tough, sometimes I'll like make a quick like gratitude list or some shit like that. And that's like getting super like therapy based. I went to therapy <laughs> this morning, so I'm like already in that mindset. Yeah. No, awesome, man. <laughs> but yeah. like all of that translates to a healthier working relationship with my, um, with my team and my colleagues, a healthier working relationship with my clients, you know, more honest and direct. And one of these things where like, it's not my, like other people's feelings and emotions are not my responsibility, um, but keeping my side of the street clean is. All of that helps create uh, an easier, softer pathway to doing fucking rad shit with rad people. You know what I mean? Like that's what, that's all we want to do. That's what this is. You know what I mean? Like when you reached out to me and said, hey, you want to do a podcast? Like, fuck yes, I want to do a podcast. (laughs) Great problem to have. I've got to fit that into my schedule. You know what I mean? Like, awesome. And that's part of why I started the show, you know, to to connect with people instead of just sitting here in this office (laughs) by myself. And Courtney was having the same problem. Just we're at home all day talking to our clients through emails and Slack. Like, where is... And again, that's a great problem to have because mm-hmm. we get to work from home with oh, our yeah. dogs and cats. My kids are in school, but I mean, that's a good problem to have. Yeah. My, you know, my business partner is eight hours away. Yeah, he could he could be eighty hours away. I don't know if that like works, but uh, <laughs> you know, like well, since the Earth killer. is flat, and yeah. when the you know, if it was round, it might be further. But since it's yeah. flat, <laughs> it probably. I don't know what you're go. saying. I think the world is flat. Here we go. <laughs> 
Courtney, where are you at? <laughs> I'm um, in Beaufort, North Carolina. Oh, cool. So a couple hours away from Zach. So we both moved to the coast and we're like, there's not a ton of design community here. Let's be friends and yeah. start this podcast yeah. so we can connect with other people. Yeah. So it's been good yeah. so far. I, I think it's really, uh, it's brave what you guys are doing too. It's it's sometimes, you know, it's hard to reach out and, and ask people to do stuff. You know, like I'm, I feel more uncomfortable asking for help. Mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. asking my friends to like do something then i do like calling a client and being like yo what up check it out the shit's late i'll see you tomorrow <laughs> you know like yeah. that's easy for me now uh, and i think <laughs> that's probably just because I, I i might be doing that too much but um <laughs> i think it's it's awesome i've i've always been even though like uh i, I partied real hard and i did all this stuff i kind of put on this like f- you know fake uh it was like it was like a mask you know but i've always been an introvert and i'm like the i'm the type of person that wants to be invited to everything but i'm not going to go to any of it you know what i mean you want options um, <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is really cool i think you know it's it's inspiring for me what you guys are doing because i'm oh, very shit. bad at keeping keeping up with relationships even though technology like dude it's easy. A lot of times I, what I've started doing is if I, if I think about somebody, you know, for whatever reason, I'll just send them a text like, Hey man, you popped up in my head. Hope you're having yeah. a good day. That's all you got to do. You don't have to like meet up for coffee for two and a half mm-hmm. hours. You know what I mean? Just keep the connection. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point that I feel like so many of my relationships too are based on geographic, like where are we are geographically, but we have this awesome tool. <laughs> we just need to have the, right. the energy to right. make the connections. I feel like it's the energy part. Well, and the time part, when are you yeah. going to do it? What if that text turns into a 20 minute conversation? <laughs> then what? Right. Well, that's when you got to be able to be comfortable saying, Hey, look, I don't have time for a conversation now, which yep. I don't. Cause I'm a mm-hmm. mega people pleaser, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> but like my partner, Lance is like, like, Hey man, uh, the restaurant we've been working on for a year and a half is having their grand opening at the end of the week. Would you like to go with me? And he's like, no, nah, I'm not really interested in that. That's it. I'm like, shit, man. Like he's super, super straightforward, but like, I appreciate that. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Cause I don't take it personally. You know, I think that's like uh, agreement number two. Um, yes. <laughs> but like, it's not cause he hates me, mm-hmm. you know, right. it's cause like, he's just straight up and interested. Yeah. That's fine. And, I and whenever you that. bend over all the different directions to please everyone, you're only hurting yourself. Yeah, and then I burn exhausting. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And now we're no, back on great. yoga. Thanks. Yes. yes. There you go. <laughs> Which I haven't done I in like a week and a half. If not. No, I need it. Yeah. Um, but um, shit, what was I going to say? Oh, back to like the texting and the staying in touch and stuff. I think we're... Uh, as an older millennial, mm-hmm. I can claim that title now. Yeah. I'm weird. right at the edge. Um, we've swung so f- like social media was supposed to be the answer to our to our new internet problems that we didn't know how to solve. You know, we grew up with the internet and we had our friends that we played in the creek in, and then the internet was taking the place. But now we have Facebook and we're supposed to swing back this way and Twitter and then Instagram and then oh no, I want the likes. Mm-hmm. And now we're going back the other way where those things are slowly dying because they're spying on us and selling it to Russia and China. But uh, it's like, um, yeah, cover the camera. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Can't see me. Uh, 
the realization and the focus on actual connections through those tools sometimes, but through using text messages and actually using your phone to call people is mm-hmm. becoming the cool thing again. Right. Which is weird and cool and exciting. It is. Like, what is it you can only actually have, was it 10 or 20 close connections at a time? Mm-hmm. Something like that? Um, I, I had a song that my band used to play called You Only Have Six Good Friends. <laughs> nice. Yeah. The rest are just like acquaintances. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's real, I can, I'll put it in the show notes or something if I find it, but it's, that's how many connections you can actually help. Other yeah. than that, you, you just can't. Yeah, but then like I, I listen to like, like the Mysterious Universe podcast is just like mm-hmm. conspiracy theories and aliens and Sasquatch <laughs> and cool shit. Um, yeah. And they talk about these like Is that towns. Kyle Canane's show? What show is that? Uh, I can't remember the dude's names. They've been doing it for forever. It's these two Australian guys. Nice. Um, I'll send you a link. It's, okay. it's rad. Um, but like I hear these stories about these like little cities like off the coast of Italy where like people <laughs> live until they're like 120 and they contribute it to like it's a small town where a lot of people live within the same like housing structure and because it's so small they're constantly having to interact with each other mm-hmm. sure right and that literally human interaction keeps you alive longer right, right. yeah um, i put that in the, i don't think those two would cancel each other out you're in a small community you know they have close knit friends but then they have you know yeah. always in connection right makes it like i have a neighbor but there's nobody else the other i pointed a direction <laughs> next door to me but then there's nobody else like a mile down that way yeah you know yeah even when i lived in atlanta i only hung out with matt <laughs> and scott fuller yeah you know just those two guys yeah so <laughs> well i think um hannah hart used to be our project manager and she's now running the school of rock here okay um and we play music together so i i i, I stay in touch with her um on a weekly basis but she had started doing this thing a while back where she would like uh she would facetime somebody like once a once a week you know hmm. and i liked i was like oh i'm gonna try that i'm admitted like i i i like hear like hey you should try doing this thing and i'll do it for a week and then I will, i'll stop yeah even if i enjoyed it you know what i mean mm-hmm. sure um and i thought that was kind of cool because like i would catch somebody out of the blue you know like they're at work I'm in my car driving from one meeting to another meeting. I'm like, yo, what's up? And they're like, I'm at work. I'm like, yeah, me too. All right. I'll see you later. You <laughs> yeah. know, but like even that little brief moment of like seeing the other person, like um, it's the, I guess the equivalent to the, Hey, you know, you're in my mind just saying, what's up? Hope you're having a good day. Text message thing. I think that everybody should try and do that a little more often. You know, because for me, when I get something like I've started doing that and when I get some a text message from someone, you know, um, who's like, hey, you were on my mind, whatever. I'm like, fuck, yeah, man, that like that made my day. You know, I've got guys. I mean, I did the music thing for so long and I took it for granted. I 100 percent took every bit of that experience for granted. Um, And I mean, traveled all over the world playing meeting all these cool people and shit like that i didn't make you know shit for money or i I wasted all the money i did make (laughs) but um i made all of these connections right and i didn't really foster any of those relationships and so i've tried to make that a, a point um now that i'm in my 30s to do that more often and like the other day a buddy of mine who was a singer in a band from houston sent me that text 
like, hey, man, you were on my mind. I was like, fuck, dude. So like, then I went back and like, I listened to their, their old record and I started like crying in my car and all this <laughs> shit, you know. Uh, and then I flipped off Zach's uh, kid's teacher. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think that's uh, it's important. Just sometimes not not just like being, you know, upfront and honest and transparent and all this other shit. Sometimes just like saying what's up. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's you know? it's meeting them where they're at too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not religious anymore. I grew up in that and I'm not there. And people still say they're praying for me, which mm-hmm. just means they're thinking about me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's nice. And that's, that's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather them think about me than not. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's like a little vain, but like not in, not in that way, I guess. It's a good problem. Yeah. It is a great problem. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Courtney. Yeah. Good problems to have. Well, Drew, is there any, uh, any more any more words of wisdom you want to share? Anywhere people can find find you online or every creative should read the book, The Win Without Pitching Manifesto. Okay. It it empowered me as a creative to be more confident and to stand my ground. And I don't remember who wrote it, uh, but it wasn't someone that I see at a conference every three months. <laughs> um Blair Eanes, right? Yes, Blair Eanes. Yeah. That's it. It's a fucking killer book, man. Hunter uh, Morgan, our brand strategist, turned me on to it, and I read it in like one day. Literally called a client that I've been dealing with something for like three months on. The day that I finished it was like, listen, this is how this shit's going to go. Blah, 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 blah. Like, we're the professional designers. You you own a restaurant. Nice. And they were like, cool. All right. And like, <laughs> I hung the phone. I was like, holy fuck, that worked. You know? Um, yeah. Read that book. It's very short. In fact, I believe it's free online, and I'm sure Blair has plenty of money. <laughs> you can find us uh, at the Ash Collective on Instagram. This has been really awesome. I would love to do more of these types of things. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. We'll definitely have you on again in the future, for cool. sure. Thanks for being here. Yeah. yeah. Have a good one. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. a good conversation huh <laughs> that drew he's <laughs> something else oh whoops yeah. <laughs> i didn't know how much you wanted me to talk about so you can edit whatever <laughs> out you want it's totally fine. no this is all staying this is going in there this is now the outro but man courtney we did one episode and now we have another episode to do later today where's my trophy <laughs> we're gonna bring creatoring back i don't have any trophies but i can like Make some cookie. I've got some Oreos. Yes. The Game of Thrones Oreos. Um, this will be the part where we share our Twitter handles, but I don't think we use Twitter. No. So Instagram, I'm ZS Wilkinson. Are you on Instagram? I'm Courtney M. Leach. Do you post on there? No, I don't. So, but if you talk to me, I'll talk back to you. Yeah, I, I don't post. <laughs> I'm one of those people who lurks. I'm the observer in society where I just watch what everyone else is doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, good. That's yeah, the, that's good. I'll watch you. <laughs> I'll follow. <laughs> that'll that'll be the new subtitle for the show too. Creatoring, it's creative. We're watching you. We're watching you. Eyeballs everywhere. Uh, They're hidden. Mm-hmm. Big brother. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're on Spotify now, too, so go on there and 
just start listening to the show. Do it for like 30 seconds so it counts as a listen. You don't have to stay on the whole thing. Just just do that. You know, Leave some uh, reviews on iTunes if you want to. Uh, it helps us get found a lot easier. Our theme song is Everything Went Quiet and I Was Eight Again by Cat Beats. Uh, you can find more of their stuff at catbeats.life. You should do it because it'll make you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks again for checking out Creatoring in our new season. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. I think I did it. I timed it out. Yeah. I'm a musician. <laughs> One, two, and go. One, two. Yeah. Slash dancer. Um. <laughs>